0: We've been talking about bicycling, bicycling and, of course, clothing. It is Bike Bits. It's the last Thursday of the month. So, Seedless our Bicycle Traffic Board of Carlycom and joins me, Peter Chapman. And we're also joined on the phone by uh, with Ryoko, the founder and designer, uh, which is a clothing company based in Calgary. And uh, Christy Wu is joining us this morning. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day, Christy.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. So I was saying off air that I'm, uh, or I was going to say just before the song ended, that I'm often baffled by sizing. Like I can wear a size that is the same size, I think, across several brands and yet it is double X or a X or a large or, God forbid, a medium. It's never been a small since I was 12. But be that as it may, how do you manage to build clothing for the range of humans that exist in the world when you are a small uh, designer? Mm, well, in the beginning, um, I, I
2: was only able to do, like, small too large I guess and every every once in a while if I had enough command I'd do an extra small or an extra large just because uh, when you're producing you have to go with numbers um, and a manufacturer will only produce if you have enough numbers Uh, and so you have to kind of balance between what your budget is and and what you make Um, and then as I found that I had more customers that uh, fit different sizes, I was able to start catering to that, but on top of that, um, sometimes when you size things up and, um, you, you pattern make that size, it's called grading. So when you pattern make that size up or down, the rules for that size change. And so you have to, um, change your pattern accordingly. So I learned a lot at that point, um, because I actually, um, grading was new to me, um, it was a new skill I learned as I made um, uh, uh, this company. That I must guess. be really okay.
0: challenging, because Leo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, I, I'm imagining like people may get broader, but they don't necessarily get taller, or people may get thicker in certain areas of their mm-hmm. body, like in the thighs or something, but they don't necessarily yeah. get thicker at the ankles. And like, that must yeah. be really ch- uh, like, are there numbers that you just like a formula that you just follow for that kind of thing, or how or um, is it? You've got to try yeah, every single one when you when you grade up two or three sizes?
2: Well, there's a formula to begin with, but then, um, you know, like each, each. I'm sure each company has a different demographic or a different client, and so then I actually just cater to the clients, really. And I'm really lucky because I work with a lot of knits, and so sometimes the knits will cater to a few different sizes, but if they don't, it's, it's me who's doing the, the final say in the end, so then I can, you know, if a customer needs something taken out in... An area or taken in, um, and I'm in contact with them. Then I can do it for them. So I really like that aspect of being a a smaller company and a maker.
0: What do you mean by knits? Uh Sorry.
2: Oh, knits are like um, they're so there's uh, there's two different kinds of fabrics. There's wovens and knits, and knits are the kinds of things that like sweatpants are made out of, or like you know dancewear or active gear is usually made out of it, and so it stretches a lot more and um, has. Elastic in it usually, like um, within the fiber, and wovens are uh, more like a dress shirt or dress pants. But they don't they don't usually stretch as much. If that makes sense. Okay.
1: So then, and you don't do a lot of bespoke clothing, or did you no. when you first started out? No,
2: I, I haven't. I haven't at all. Um, um, well, actually, yes, I did, but I, it wasn't um, cycling specific. So when I very. So I lived in uh, overseas for a few years, and then I moved back. And when I very first moved back in 2006, uh, I was doing a lot of bespoke for um, clients. But um, then, I, then I started to pursue Rio- Ryoko, so I kind of had to make a choice.
1: Right, right. Mm -hmm. And so, Canada has a number of successful big active companies like Lulu and Lola and Mac, but Mm -hmm. for a startup, is Canada really a good place to get going with so many of our clothes or our materials relying on cheap overseas labor? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's as good a place as any, because I
2: I think that there's a lot of movements um, happening in the States. Starting up here as well, um, definitely in, in Europe, um, where it's there's fast fashion and there's slow fashion, right? And so fast, fast fashion being based on that cheaper labor that's overseas, but there's also sort of uh, sometimes an ethical concern behind that. And so then you come to other designers who, who have a different view on it, which is that um, doing things either ethically overseas or ethically at home is better. So fair wage, um, trying to get your fabric as, as, a, as ethically as possible too, meaning that um, maybe as locally as possible or um, that also too that the, the conditions for the people that are actually making the fabric itself and how it's treating the environment is also, also ethical. And so lots of things come into play. Um, and so then I, I think it's really what your beliefs and your needs are in the end. Um, and so in Canada, anyways, there are suppliers here, and um, and there are ways that you, you can definitely do it ethically. And it's a great place to do it. Everybody's very friendly and um, open, uh, I, I found, anyways. Um, and there's lots of companies, again, in the States that are, are you know, starting to manufacture locally. Um, and Canada usually follows um, American Trends, um, and I think we're following it. So I hope that answered the question.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I was, (laughs) what was I uh, thinking while you were saying that was along the lines of, so you started out with cycle clothing specifically and then branched out to other types of clothing that are all travel oriented. Was it because of the smaller market or the materials that you were able to get a hold of or because of the demand for women's cycle clothing was lower? Um.
2: So so you're asking, um, like, why did I start out with why cycling? Did you, why
0: did you branch out into other clothing forms?
2: Oh, yeah. oh, oh into travel gear from cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the beginning, um, I guess I had said before that I started with women's cycling gear because I found actually that there was less available for women than there were for men at the time. And so that was, like, about 2008. And then, as a you know, as I was um, selling uh, my clothing at direct markets, uh, mostly, um, I couldn't see what was happening with my wholesale, but my direct markets. A lot of my clients would be telling me that um, they would. Like, they'd send me photos or they'd, you know, send me emails or they would just come up to me directly at my booth and and let me know that they, you know, wore it for hiking or they wore it for skiing or... I mean, I was doing the same thing myself. And then also some... uh, A lot of women were were buying it for maternity. Um, And so then I realized that my clothing was suiting a larger market than just cyclists. So then it it became travel attire. So travel attire being for you know, all the movements that women make and, you know, through different stages of your life, like whether you're single and hiking or whether you're, you have you know, like one of my models, um, she had, she's had two really wonderful little girls <laughs> since she started modeling for me. And so I've seen her go through these stages. Right. And, and so I think that spurred me on too.
0: Yeah. The so kind of mm-hmm. kind of customer, uh, des- the, the customer demand, almost kind of, you had built up your customer base, and they they were saying, "Well, I'm using it for this, for this purpose. Anyhow, I I wouldn't mind more clothing for this kind of purpose, or I'm about mm-hmm. to be having a baby." That's that's cool, um, a natural evolution of 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 the clothing that you're doing. Now, um, okay. the, you were talking a little bit about <clears throat> the ethical sourcing and that side of things. How important? And, and many companies kind of now. Struggle with the ethical side of um, sourcing and, and and labor. How important is it for your company to be a political voice in those um, in those regards? Like, uh, you, you, it obviously seems very important to you about the ethical sourcing of of your materials. Mm-hmm. Is is that something that's really important to you, or is it more to assist a brand? And I don't mean to diminish it mm-hmm. in that, but you, yeah, I hope you understand. Yeah, not at
2: all. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think it's always been important. Like, and I, I guess, again, too, like, this has a, been a learning experience for me, right? Like, um, Ryoko is really the first, um, like, real business that I've owned. And um, so through the process, um, well, in the beginning, actually, um, I actually was a fine arts student, and I was in fibers. Um, I, I went through the fiber program, meaning textiles and fiber, so I learned how to print and I learned how to, you know, everything that goes into that, um, and then I went into fashion,
0: so, so. Were any of the classes that you did in fashion school politically based? Did they focus no. on the politics of fashion? N-
2: no, I actually, really? I think I was I was in the era before that, yeah, I mean, they are okay. now, I think, okay. they have those kinds of courses now, but um, I graduated in 2001, so that was not really on the radar at that point. Okay. Um, so for me, actually, at that point, what I was concerned with was women's body issues. In that way, Um so still and so a, I think,
0: still in white a political issue, but a yes, different, totally. yeah, totally. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I just I just kind of believe in you know like being real and being fair, right? And we're all human, and we we all have sort of the same we all have the same needs, wants, you know, when it comes down to the basics, and so. So I think that's really where it comes from, and so I, I think it's really um, it's you know a company can kind of separate from their from their personal beliefs, but I I really real cool, I, I kind of I am the, the core of the company, right? So those things do matter to me. I I, I believe. Um, so you know, like things like how the fabric is treated or how it's made, and I mean we are in an era of. Um, Climate change, right, and all of these things affect it. So, um, I, so those are important to me. Um, and, like, I guess you would ask, like, how how important is it, and does it um, is it just be you know greenwashing or, or whatnot? And I don't think it is. I think it's just. Um, I I think I'd like to build something that, in the end, I can really stand behind, and um, and you know, like, I mean, in lots of ways, I'm connected. So. So my first my first degree, um, which I actually didn't finish, but um, was in uh, text like textiles. So I kind of had a, a little bit of an eye into what kind of chemicals go into fabric, and then and then I got into fashion, and so I get an eye into um, a little bit, bit of a better eye into um, what the manufacturing process is, and like how um, and I'm directly affected by that also, right? Like. Um, what you pay for a garment directly kind of goes back to the profit of myself or a sewer, and so so yes, definitely on the end of um, you know cheap labor overseas versus fairly like fairly paid labor labor overseas or here, mm-hmm. um, I I stand behind um, just because, um, it, it's, and yeah. yeah, and it also too like I mean our economy itself right like um, Canada used to be. Um, um, big into the manufacturing in clothing and cloth. And also, I guess, while I was going through school, I watched some of that close down. I've watched factories in Calgary close down. And so, and that's because things are going overseas. But um, part of, um, and this might be just my opinion, but I, I part of, uh, you know, when our our economy um, crashed, um, part of it is because we don't we didn't have local economy to stand on to a certain extent right and that includes manufacturing and i i'm not a big player so i'm not going to make a huge difference but i i do think that each voice counts so
0: so uh, along that political theme, let's talk Mm -hmm. about shop local how how does that Mm -hmm. impact your your business and and any other assets to that that movement
2: um well, um, shopping locally, I mean, it, it, I mean, just kind of by what I said, it obviously, you know, it, it, does directly affect. Um, but it's also, you know, when you spend locally, you put dollars back into your community and you put, um, and those dollars are likely to be spent, uh, in your community again by that business. Right. Um, and so you're, su- you're supporting, uh, you're supporting, you're supporting, um, your, your local economy around you, which is good for everybody. Um, so I, I think does that answer that question? <laughs> it does and I think you mentioned yeah. you had
0: something else to talk about in that in that realm Pardon? You had something else oh, that you wanted a new to talk intention. about Yes, yeah.
2: yes so, um, so I guess on the road of like you know, like with business um, um, you know with small business you're always growing right and you're always learning um, hopefully and so through Ryoko I've also kind of, I, I have learned much more about the manufacturing process and how I work within it and how others work within it. And, um, and that idea of like slow fashion and fast fashion, um, really, you know, like to have that conversation, um, with people, cause lots of people are interested in it. Um, uh, I found that I, I was having a lot of those conversations, but also sometimes, um, it is hard to access. Right. And I have all this, these skills and, Uh, Like pattern making, um, sewing, um, sizing patterns, you know, like uh, cloth knowledge. And um, I have a lot of peers around me that have the same. And so we've actually um, started to um, this venture called Assemble Workshop, uh, which is directly kind of speaking um, to the slow fashion movement. And um, we're beginning to teach workshops in the spring and the summer. Um, and then also housed our own uh, design practices within that space, also. So it's sort of it's sort of about um, slow fashion, self sustainability, and just providing a space for people to learn and become more self sustainable. And I think that's directly out of Ryoko. So I guess the answer to the question more too, like, is the you know idea of ethical fashion sort of just part of you know pumping up my brand? I I would say it's actually just part of the learning process for me. Right in the in the end, it's it's just been sort of part of the journey and yeah, very interesting to be on.
0: <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So, uh, you also have a blog. Is that an uh-huh. industry standard now or is that something that just heightens your brand? What does a blog do for a company like Ryoko? Um, well, I think a blog just gives you a little bit
2: more of a platform to, um, to talk about the things that you're interested in, right? And I find that, um, you know, um, people sometimes, like, there's a brand and then there's, like, the people behind the brand. Um, and I, I think that's what blogs usually do, is it, it gives the people in the company or the brand itself a little bit of uh, a connection or rapport with, um, with, its, with its clients or its, um, you know, followers or whatever you want to call that um, portion and um, yeah so for me specifically I I think it, it um, in the beginning to Ryoko um, it was cycling, cycle centric and um, I was part of I am part of the cycling community in Calgary um, and specifically women cycling um, the numbers were lower than the men's and I was really interested in um, upping those numbers in which whatever way I could and I really like to kind of do things through like you know to spread spread the word through the fun of things, you know, and in cycling, that holds true. And so I wanted to, so for from, from my end, I wanted to um, uh, just show other women who cycle and like there's lots of different kinds, of, like, you know, lots of different demographics of women who cycle within that larger Demographic like there's some women who do touring. There's some women who just you know bike in the summer, in the spring. There's some women who just commute all year round, and um, so um, and only in the city. And there's some women who travel with their bikes, and so on and so forth. So I um, so that was sort of my voice in the beginning, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to kind of share that with people. So I think different brands do it different ways
1: cool we're Mm -hmm. chatting with Christy Wu from Calgary with uh, her line of clothing, ryoko.ca is where you can find her on the interweb. And we are delighted to have this time with you. It's very generous. Absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having
0: me. Well, just as I think in one closing thing, I think what we'll do, uh, if it's good with you, Christy, we'll, we'll wrap mm-hmm. up with you and then we'll have one more segment after another tune. But um, yeah. as we're as you're thinking about your uh, your clothing, what, what do you hope as you kind of say goodbye to that clothing piece and you sell it over the markets or wherever it is you sell your clothing on the online at Ryoko.ca, um, what what is your hope that that clothing goes on to do and and gives to the person that you've that you've passed it on to?
2: Um, I think in the end, I just i I want women to be comfortable in um, who they are and, and what they wear, and so I hope that Ryoko lends to it and. Um, I hope that um, also that we're, it's able to lend to um, a more, I guess, ethical process.
1: I really enjoy the fact that with all the uh, communication that we've had, um, you have a tagline that is uh, for the journey, which seems like (laughs) such a lovely way to end. And so thank you again for joining us today. We really appreciate it, Christy. Christy. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Christy Wu is the founder and designer at ryoko.ca. Let's spell R-I-Y-O-K-O. Dot ca and uh, check out her full line of clothing. And uh, not just for cycling, it's also for travel and activewear, and also for those who may have baby bumps. Um, there's a, an <laughs> item of clothing for many, many different uh, people in there. So thank you very much, Christy.